take the matters of holiness and righteousness much more seriously, blessed people, that at the end of it all today, you may now be more cautious in the way you navigate your Christian lifestyle on the earth. More cautious. More careful in the way you take your Christian life while on the earth here. And so, that it should cause you to put a greater premium on holiness and righteousness. This really is the objective as to why I come to you today. And I know that we are globally right now, we are global, all the way from the Western Hemisphere to the Eastern world, across Europe and Africa, all the way from Helsinki to Johannesburg. And I want to begin right away by saying that uh, we are very blessed to be hosting here some very, very senior leadership from Taiwan who have come to invite us into their country. Very, very powerful. Five countries. Taiwan. Mainland China. Hong Kong. Malaysia. And Macau. And you know very well that uh, the population in that part, in that eastern part of the earth, is massive. So we are talking about a huge constituency that the Lord has again availed. A huge constituency that the Lord is now beckoning us to bring this glorious announcement to. That they too may, given the same equal, may be given the same equal opportunity as you do to prepare for the coming of the Messiah. And that's why I want to say right from the onset that we are very honored to host you here. The senior leader from Taiwan. Thank you, former Congress lady and also very active there right now. Now, tonight, I want to look at Christian salvation in this age. And some of the cautions that the Lord raises in the manner of the Christian lifestyle. Well, you know very well that the Lord Almighty Jehovah Elohim, God the Father, He has spoken with me about the glorious coming of the Messiah. That is now quite obvious globally, absolutely obvious. There is something just beginning to appear, and quick, quick, quick. It was very well. But uh, again, blessed people, you know very well that the Lord, all, no, you don't dim my voice, that the Lord Almighty, you know very well, somebody touch the speakers and find out what it is in the, in the Twitters and what have you. Oh, so Michael is running there, he knows what it is. It's amazing we were well now until we start now to Nanza Mambo Tena. And now we are global. Michael, can you increase the volume so it is sharper also and remove it from that? Hallelujah. Thank you. Let us clap for Senior Nisband. He has a powerful, that's very powerful. 
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Now, raise, raise the sharpness a bit. Hallelujah. Halle Don't dim my voice. Please increase. We are live on air. Can you come? this generation in the manner of their Christian salvation, the execution of it and the lifestyle they are at that now as Christians you may be much more careful that you may prepare for the glorious coming of the Messiah now our lead scripture, again, like I said, you are all aware that the Messiah has spoken with me. The Lord has spoken with me about the coming of the Messiah. That's where we were at before we went away, went off. The Lord Almighty, he has spoken with me about the glorious coming of the Messiah. And this is the exhaustless theme. This is the center theme that is going all over the earth right now. That there cannot be any other message, any other ministry, any other ministration, other than the ministration that is preparing the nations for the glorious coming of the Messiah. That is absolutely very clear to all. everybody that right now the agenda of God the agenda of God at this hour is the glorious coming of the Messiah and how to prepare all the inhabitants of the earth for that most powerful irretrievable and irreversible day that is the unwritten script that has come with this announcement of the glorious coming of the Messiah. In other words, the Lord is saying that he expects that everybody globally, everybody on the earth, is very much aware that these are not matters of contestation. That once the announcement has come, and has announced that the Messiah is coming, 
then everybody must now submit under that announcement. Under that voice. Because that is the day, the only day for which Jesus went to the cross. That is also the only day for which Jesus died and resurrected. Because that is the only day for which God, the Holy Spirit, was sent to the church. And that is the day for which you were given the gift of the grace, the grace of salvation. And that's why all created creation, upon hearing the glorious announcement that, look, the Messiah is coming. It is expected that everybody will quickly submit into that. Will right away understand that that is now the overruling ministry. Overruling ministration on the earth. That there cannot be another ministry or sell something small here, preach something small on this side, have your own tender shop here, ministry here, a little. Not at all. God expects that everybody is of sound understanding and mind. That everybody longs to enter, intends to enter the glorious kingdom of God, right? And that's why today I want to begin by raising a precaution here in our scripture today. And so we are beginning by reading together. We are reading the book of Luke. Turn with me the book of Luke, blessed people. It's bound to be an extensive message tonight. I don't know how far we can go. Depending on how our guests are able to stay on. Hallelujah. Thank you. So the book of Luke chapter 17, if you turn with me there. I'm reading from verse 26. Luke chapter 17, 26, it says, it says, just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. In other words, he's saying, at the coming of the Son of Man. And he goes on to say, blessed people, people were eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage. If I were you, I would highlight those red flags that the Lord is exalting before the church. The Lord is confronting a modern generation. He stands in front of them. Then he raises the red flags for them. He says, watch out on the following. They can deny you eternity in glory. Hallelujah. He says, just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be at the coming of the Messiah, in the days of the Son of Man. It says, verse 27, Luke 17, Luke chapter 17, 27. It says, people were eating, number one. Number two, they were drinking. 
Number three, they were marrying. And number four, they were being given in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. So he's talking here very clearly about the coming of the kingdom of God. The coming of the Messiah. And he's raising a similarity. A parallel between the times we are in when we really know that when you just look at your news you know the Messiah is coming. And he says that the parallel is that as it was in the days of Noah so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. He goes on to say verse 28 It was the same in the days of Lot. Now he moves from Noah and he comes to Lot. He says, It was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking and buying and selling and planting and building. But the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. So he's raising a very important thing right there. Not only is he raising the coming of the kingdom of God. The coming of the Messiah. But now he's also raising the coming of a day. Of a day. A day of judgment. Hallelujah. Step by step. And he says, And burning sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Verse 30 says, It will be just like this. On the day the Son of Man is revealed. Now he's talking about the day of rapture. When he finally arrives. He says, it will be exactly like that. Hallelujah. This is pretty serious. He was talking about the coming of the kingdom of God. And the coming of of the Messiah. Then he mentioned the coming of the day of judgment. The judgment of God. And then he says. Those two. The days of Noah. And the days of Lot. Will be similar. Synonymous. With the time at which the Messiah is revealed. In other words when he arrives. Hallelujah. This is serious. Right now, serious. In verse 30, I repeat, it will be just like this on the day the Son of Man is revealed. And then verse 31, he says, On that day, no one who is on the housetop, probably roofing, right? Trying to roof his house. 
trying to secure his things well so that they are not damaged by rain in one way or the other. And he says, again, verse 31, on that day, no one who is on the top, of on the housetop, brother, with possessions inside that house, should go down to get them. Then he says, likewise, no one in the field should go back for anything. In other words, go back to the house for anything, in other words. And then verse 32, which is our lead scripture here tonight, he says, remember Lord's wife. That is now our lead scripture today. Verse 32 says, remember Lord's wife. And then down they adds 33, whoever tries to keep their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life will preserve it. That night, two people will be taken and grinding grain together on a meal, and one will be taken and the other left. So our lead scripture says, remember Lord's wife. That is the caution and precaution we are talking about. That is the caution and precaution that the Lord is raising here. Are we together, blessed people? And so, remember Lord's wife. The book of Luke chapter 17, verse 32. One of the shortest verses in the Bible. I know that the shortest says, and Jesus wept. Only two words. Jesus wept. But this one is one of the shortest verses in the Bible. When he says, Remember Mrs. Lot. Remember Lot's wife. So, I want us to walk step by step on this. To open up what the Lord is actually talking about, really talking about to this generation. What is he saying? What is the instruction? And what is the caution? What is the warning? The Lord Almighty, the infinite God, He has exhaustless examples. He is not restricted with the examples to present before a church. He could have said, remember Enoch. Remember Enoch who was snatched away, who was raptured. Please remember him. He could have said so. He could have said, remember Abraham. Whom we remember too well, when Lazarus, the poor man, died, he went to Abraham's side. And Abraham is in glory. But the Lord, it takes somebody that lost their soul permanently, eternally, in the lake of fire. 
Hallelujah. He takes somebody that lost their soul eternally in the lake of fire. Then he presents before this generation. He presents before humanity. Say, remember this person did not enter. That is serious. Absolutely serious. And that's why, and that is what I want us to dig in. And that's why I want us to dig into this. And find out what is the caution, what is the precaution, what is the warning, what is the instruction, what is the Lord saying to this postmodern generation, postmodern Taiwan? What is the Lord saying? He takes somebody that totally lost their soul in the eternal lake of fire. Then he presents before you. He said, look, look at this one. Look here. He said, look here. Don't forget this one. Who lost their soul eternally in the lake of fire. That's where I want us to dig tonight. So that we may be able to bring out the instruction to the church. And I know you are tuned in globally. And so, blessed people, the scripture that describes the life of Lot and Lot's wife is quite elaborate. We know too well that if and if you just go to Genesis chapter 12 verses 4 and 5 you will still get something about Lot and Abraham and his relationship with Abraham. He says Genesis 12 I'm, st- I'm simply taking one of them that I may bring all this into context for you. Contextualize. To bring it into context that you may see the privileges enjoyed. That you may see the relationships and the consequences of choice, my Lord. But choices have consequences and they tend to be eternal. Hallelujah. Choices have consequences. Hallelujah. And so, it says Genesis chapter 12, we're beginning to develop an understanding for you that you may get to know who is Lot then before we can handle Mrs. Lot. And her real name is not even given. Her real name, the way you can attach a name to somebody, say, remember Margaret or remember Jane or remember Petronila or remember Gentrix. The name, the real name is not given. But it says, remember Lord's wife. So in Genesis 12, 4 and 5 he says, So Abraham went as the Lord told him, And Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot. So now we begin to understand that Lot is not an anonym, an anonym, anonym, 
an anonym. You know, these days you have anonyms. When you go to alcohol rehab centers, they are called alcohol anonyms. They are not called by names. Drug, drug rehabilitation centers, they are called anonyms. Name not given. They are just anonymous people so that they are going through that kind of rehabilitation. Their names are concealed that you may not be able to soil them. But here he comes out clearly saying, no, Lot is somebody that has a locus. He can be located to a locus where he belongs. He says, Abraham's nephew. You begin to understand right away where he's coming from. The lineage is coming from. So this is serious right away before we read on. That as Lord, you are going to see very simply, and very, I'm going to go to verse 13, and you're going to see that as Lord was battling what is battling that we are going to look at today. In Sodom, Abraham was busy raising altars for Yahweh. Choices have consequences. And in this generation, there is a powerful dichotomy that is playing out, a parallel playing out, that as others are travailing, are working hard, serving God, preparing for the kingdom of God, others are doing something else. Choices have consequences. That's why the Lord is saying we must reach out. We must reach out more. We must bring them into the fold. Right? Hallelujah. And so he says here, so Abraham went as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all their possessions, the possessions that they had, they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Hallelujah. Tonight, step by step, because we are privileged for this latitude we have tonight, that we could even have such a scholarship, an expedition of this. So then we can open up a little more and know who is this lot? How did he wind up there? Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. And so, you see very clearly his relationship with Abraham, very clear, set out. And then, so they have moved out. And now we know he's a nephew to Abraham, the holy man. The same Genesis, right next door, chapter 13 from verse 5, he says, Genesis 13, 5, we are simply developing a small background for you before we come to our lead scripture. Remember Mrs. Lot. 
Remember Lord's wife. We are simply developing for you a little perspective that you may be well encompassed as you handle this now, which becomes the epitome of your maturity in scripture, right? Are we still together with everybody? So it says, Genesis 13 from verse 5, it says, Now Lot was moving about with Abraham, with Abram. He was called Abram at that time. Now Lot was moving about with Abram. Okay. Now Lot, who was moving about with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents. But the land could not support them while they stayed together. For their possessions were so great that they were, that they were not able to stay together. And quarreling arose, little quarrels and fights here and there, between Abraham's herders and Lord's herders. The Canaanites and Perizzites were also living in the land at that time. Verse 80 says, So Abram said to Lot, Let's not have any quarrels between you and me, or between your herders and my herders. For we are close relatives. Is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. Full stop. If you go to the left, I will go to the right. If you go to the right, I will go to the left. That's why I'm saying choices have consequences. If you go to the right, I will go to the left. And if you go to the left, I will choose to go to the right. So he was given first choice, first priority. Hallelujah. And so, that is what he was given. That is the choice was given, the privilege was given to choose. Verse 10 he says, Lot looked around and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan towards Zoar was well watered like the garden of the Lord, the garden of Eden, like the land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So, in our expedition tonight, in our journey tonight, to be able to explore the contextualization, the context. You say we are trending, I see you are raising number one for me, my son. Very powerful. He says we are trending number one on Twitter, formerly Twitter is now X, and also trending number one in Finland, and also we are trending in Brazil. Very powerful. But this, the message, that, that means now the Lord has access. He can bring this message to many other nations. So he's saying here that Lot, whose wife 
is going to be such a monumental, monumental lesson for this generation in contextualizing who Lot is, so that family is. We realize he's related very closely with Abraham. And they were walking together, they were hiding together until they were so much blessed, they had so much wealth that their herders were fighting one another. That is when finally choices had consequences. Whereby, now, Abraham said, no, there's no need. We are relatives and we are close for that matter. There's no need to fight. You choose. If you go left, I go right. If you go right, I go left. And then we see very clearly here that Lot looked, verse 10, Genesis 13, Lot looked around and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan Valley towards Zoar was well watered like the garden of Eden. Like the garden of sin. Like the land of Egypt. Like the land of idol worship. In other words, when he looked there, he saw the beauty. He saw what anybody else in this generation could see. And if you ask them, why did you choose this site that's well watered? The answer is simple. The answer will not be because number one, water, number two, what the sky is blue, whatever. The answer will be only a fool would not have chosen it, right? Only a fool would not have chosen it. So he chose what this modern generation would outrightly, obviously would have chosen. Well watered, very green, like the Garden of Eden. Like Egypt before the Lord had destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And so he goes on to say, verse 11, So Lord chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out towards the east. The two men parted company. Abram lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among the cities of the plain, and pitched his tents near Sodom. Choices have what? Choices have what? Eternal consequences. He's saying, be careful. As we set out to get the caution, the warning, precaution, the red flag that the Lord is raising to this church, this generation, from Mrs. Lot, Lot's wife, as we set out to that, then you see right away how things unfolded. Because you could have asked yourself, if Lot was actually nephew to Abraham, how did he wind up inside Sodom and Gomorrah? Sodom had a sister city, a sister called Gomorrah. You could have asked that. How did he wind up there if he was walking and related to the holy man Abraham? And remember that our lead scripture tonight is, remember Lord's wife. God raising a red flag, and that is where we want to dig deep tonight 
to pull out the cautions and the warnings, precautions and red flags and the instruction thereat that God is delivering to this church. God is delivering to this generation. Are we together? Very serious. So he says the beauty of that valley it attracted the eyeball. In other words, if you stood somewhere and eyeballed it, you would make it your obvious choice in the marketplace. Right? Hallelujah. And so he goes on to say here, blessed people, verse 11, he says, so Lord chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out towards the east. The two men parted company. Verse 12, Abraham lived in the land of Canaan while Lot lived among the cities of the plains and pitched his tent near Sodom. Did you? Are you able to read as I read? If you see the word near, I would have underlined it. He said, no, I'm not inside. I'm just near. Are you in it or you are near? Where, where are you? No, I, I am just around there. I'm, I'm, are you inside? I'm not inside. I'm near. I'm just near. I have my wrong thing going on here. I was just sitting at the side like this, just sipping a cock. It, but were you inside the nightclub or you were, were in the bar? Well, no, you talked to me well. Were you in the bar? No, I was not in the bar. Those were my colleagues that they were inside there doing their thing. But I was just outside there with a balcony. It was really near there. So I was just sipping coke. I was not involved in the alcohol. I, he pitched his tent near Sodom. Choices have consequences. Now the people Sodom were wicked and wickedest and it was known that the people of Sodom are great against God and so that is where Lord chose to pitch his tent and then he finds himself now in a situation whereby Sodom is engulfed in sin. Let us now go back. If you go to Genesis 19, right now, in Genesis 13, you find that he pitched his tent near. Near Sodom. So if you ask him, what is your mailing address? Is it Sodom? He said, no, it's not. It's not. It's not. It cannot. He said, it cannot be Sodom. Why? I'm just nearby, but I'm not. But when you read Genesis 19, you find that Lot now is living inside Sodom. Genesis chapter 19. Turn with me there. Hallelujah. Step by step. It says, the two angels arrived at Sodom. Arrived at where? Arrived at Sodom. Amazing. 
the two angels of the Lord arrived at Sodom in the evening and Lot was sitting in the gateway at the gate of the city. When Lot the righteous man saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down his face to the ground. My lords, he said, please turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet and spend the night. Then go your way early in the morning. Lord, the righteous man is seen right there. He sees these angels and he has capacity to understand these are holy men. These are messengers of the Lord. He's able to detect. He's able to see them and realize that these are holy people. These are holy messengers. But first and foremost, listen to this now. Lot is already inside Sodom. Be very careful with their lures of sin. The enticements of this world. While he pitched his tent near Sodom, now he is inside Sodom, and not only inside Sodom, but he's also among those that are capacitated, facilitated, allowed to sit at the gate. 